Welcome to my podcast, Man Made. It is admittedly a provocative title. It's meant to be. It captures my desire to be of service, to be a part of the movement encouraging us all to hold men and boys in high esteem. In high esteem for who they are and for the important and different contributions that they make. It's both sad and angering to me that men aren't always well thought of. We all benefit from men's goodness. And we all feel weller when we're experiencing gratitude and compassion. My podcast will tackle head-on the negativity that has been and continues to be directed towards men. And each week I'll also be appreciating the act of a good man. And because I loved going to football matches as a young woman, I always start with, here we go, here we go, here we go. And the title of this episode is, wait for it, Swastikas, Penises and Donald Trump. (laughs) I'm a psychotherapist and counsellor and I recently wrote a letter to the editor of one of my professional journals. It was about an article that argued that masculinity needed to be undone. I wanted to point out that the article was underpinned by a blend of particular political ideologies which I acknowledge a good many of my psychotherapist and counsellor colleagues may share, those of socialism, Marxism and radical feminism. These perspectives dominate non-STEM studies in universities and in the helping professions, while more liberal in the old-fashioned sense and conservative voices are drowned out or remain silent for fear of being shamed. The writer, sensationally in my opinion, included the words penis, swastika and Donald Trump in the same short opening paragraph. The article was analysing penis and swastika graffiti featured in the work of photographer Misrak. The article writer's interpretation of the penis and swastika images were that they were the work of right-wing toxic men. To my mind, this was highly subjective and a big leap of logic. The photographer had also been subjective and made a big leap of logic when he told the Guardian newspaper that his photographs were premonitions of the Donald Trump election victory. In other words, everything going very bad. I do question to what extent these images can be directly related to President Trump. Other explanations of these symbols are available, such as the unanimous response from everyone I've shared the article with who said, that's probably just kids. This explanation, though, would have rendered this article, the purpose of which was to criticise traditional masculinity, not worth writing. I'm always concerned about how negatively men and masculinity can be discussed. The use of words like toxic and coarse, to my mind, signal an empathy gap. A phrase which William Collins, a prolific writer on the topic of men's issues and author of a book in 2019 and a blog by that name, has become associated with. I can't imagine that we would tolerate a similarly negative characterisation of, or recommendation to undo, or reconstruct, any other identity group in society. The article bemoans unreconstructed men. This was a new word to me. Unreconstructed is defined in the Oxford English Dictionary as not reconciled or converted to the current political theory or movement. Hmm. The example offered is, he's an unreconstructed Thatcherite. Clearly a political judgment as well as another leap of logic. 
Counsellors and psychotherapists are meant to adopt a non-judgmental approach to their clients. Intolerance towards a man holding traditional values, doing no harm to himself or others, is at odds with that. The article went on to mock traditionalists as those who dream of a place where women are women and men are men and frame them as bolstering gender stereotypes, working for reactive forces and opposed to emancipation. Not just minding their own business then, caring for their family, providing for them, helping friends and neighbours, supporting young people, doing charity work, perhaps going to church. The list of goodness goes on and on. The writer is proposing that what is needed is to help our male clients to find their autonomous voice whilst having an agenda about what that authentic voice should sound like. Apparently having traditional or conservative values does not constitute an autonomous voice. I work with military personnel, tradesmen, businessmen, emergency workers, farmers, ex-miners and fishermen, approximately half of whom, like the rest of the population, at any one time, do not identify with the article writer's political perspective or his vision for masculinity. Those folks I work with value marriage and the family, take quiet pride in being a provider and protector, feel warm and patriotic about their country. Some are Christian. It was good to hear that an absent father was a blessing for the writer. However, his minimising of the importance of fathers within a conventional family is at odds with the research contained in between a half and three quarters of thousands of professional articles. These papers found statistically significant detrimental effects of father absence on education, mental health, externalising behaviours, including delinquency, substance abuse and early childbearing. I think politics has a place in the therapy room, but political agendas and activism do not. If we are to be truly inclusive... I think we also need to embrace conventional families and even unreconstructed men, God forbid, who wish to preserve traditions that are meaningful to them and who constitute a counterbalance to the chaos and unpredictability of a too swift and radical restructuring of society. And now it's Good Guy of the Week. Drum roll, please. <laughs> So, I went on a march to London on Saturday. Yay! Oh, <laughs> I just realised what that sounds like. It sounds like I marched to London. Well, I didn't. Uh, we left Cornwall at ten past three in the morning. Ugh. Thirty of us travelled up on a bus. For our comfort, it had USB charging points and a toilet. Hooray! After a couple of hours, the first person gingerly entered the toilet, much to everyone's merriment. We were all adults, by the way, but there's something about bus journeys that can bring out the kid in us. People were shouting, don't get locked in and we'll want a full report. <laughs> Silly things like that. All was well until the occupant exited the toilet. A little embarrassed and self-conscious to have so much attention on her. She pulled the toilet door shut awkwardly, then realised she'd left her makeup bag in there. The door wouldn't open. Uh-oh. A few of us girls were trying to jiggle the door handle. We were tapping on the door in various places around the lock, cursing at it, that kind of thing. Surprisingly, none of these interventions had any impact on the problem at all. Then a male passenger offered to help. He removed a set of keys from his pocket. 
using one key to make a small gap between the door and the frame and the other key to manipulate the lock, voila, the door was open, makeup was retrieved and we all gave the man a great big cheer. Thank you, that man. Thank you. Thank you. That's all for now. If you enjoyed what I had to say, please subscribe to this podcast and I'll look forward to being with you again. Cheery bye.